0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Today's guest is one of Hawaii's most celebrated comedians, Frank DeLima. Frank was one of the coveted Na Hoku Hanohano Awards for 11 out of his 13 comedy albums. He founded the Frank Lima Student Enrichment Program in 1980, a nonprofit organization devoted to providing a better future for Hawaii students. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio Frank Delima. Welcome to our show, Frank.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: So you are involved with so many different things, but could you give us a brief synopsis of what you're doing on a daily basis?
2: All right. Well, I get up and I do the the morning human things, okay, and then Frank, I that, said
1: brief, okay? Okay. Brief.
2: <laughs> and then. Um, the mornings are usually occupied with a school. I visit a school. And after I'm done with that, then I maybe have a, a, a gig as a guest speaker for maybe a kidney association or something like that. And I usually go to these uh, luncheons or dinners talking after dinner or lunch about laughter and its importance in everybody's daily life and how we have to be responsible, though, for, you know, the – the jokes and all that kind of stuff because um, and to me i think that is so important for everybody to use the comedy that they enjoy properly so that's the kind of stuff i talk about also how laughter is um, very um, important for our physical makeup you know makes us relax releases stress that kind of stuff and then nighttime no more any gigs anymore a steady gig in waikiki it's all gone the last showroom left is the SOS main showroom at the Outrigger. Um, Don Hos just closed. And, um, of course, Mike uh, uh, Hirakawa has his, his magic show. But other than that, it's all luau shows now. So I'm not working steady at night. I do gigs. Anybody want a gig or, or have a gig and would like me to go and be, do my comedy, I'm available, www.frankdelima.com. Thank you for that promo. Thank you. <laughs> um, so is is it like Frank de Lima,
0: Inc.? I mean, you have your own company that does all this kind of stuff? Porto
2: Linga Productions. Porto means Portuguese. Linga means tongue or mouth, Portuguese mouth. Productions. Very interesting.
1: So I'm wondering how you got started. Have you always been funny from the womb?
2: You know, I don't know about from the womb. And I don't know about the first couple years of my life. But according to my family, yeah. I used to you know this as a baby, I used to make funny faces and and do silly things and then, as I got older um, I started to imitate and clown around and um, and that just became part of my life. It was a natural thing that I was born with and uh, because of the people that raised me, my parents, my uh, babysitters, my aunts and uncles, I knew how to to um use my comedy or my gift of imitating property sometimes i learned the hard way like from my sister because i was uh i did this imitation of a japanese singer What the i used to do that at copy the guy that was on tv that mr and mrs Yoneshige used to watch on sundays a japanese television digest and they used to have these naniwabushi singers going like that and so i went home and put on the blanket and the head and uh uh, old sheet, I tore a piece and I put glasses on the tip of my nose and my ukulele, I pluck the string and imitate them and I practiced, and then I go over and do it for Mr. and Mrs. Yanishega and they bust out laughing, they gave me Kwana, that was my first paid gig, I was only like 10 years old and then I tried it out on my sister and her friends one day and I got a slap and get out of here you pass. So I I realized that it's, it's uh, you can do the comedy and you'll get a reaction, a good reaction from somebody. From, you know one person and not from the other and uh so it's important that when you perform the people that you are purport- performing for ask you or are ready for you in other words you kind of just walk down the street and start uh, <clears throat> to a japanese tourist you know and uh that's why some people get upset that's why they have all these rules in the in the workplace now
0: yeah have you ever had um, a situation where you first started where you just completely you know bombed it or were you always good and everybody was laughing all the time?
2: I, Because of that lesson from my sister, every time I performed, the people were ready for me. So it was like a positive start. I walk out there and they're laughing. So anything I do is going to be funny. And uh, most times uh, the imitations were about people or things or TV characters or whatever and fresh in everybody's mind. And that's basically what I imitate. And so, you know. I a Chinese lion dance. I used to go. I Chinese New Year's. I had the thought of uh, dressing up as a Chinese lion with my brother. He was the okole. I was the head. I made cardboard face and, and used a blanket for the body. And I got my friends to do the the pots and pans and a bang, bang, bang. And so I said, Chinese New Year's. So let's do like the uh, the real lions and go from house to house. And we went. I think we get money, yeah? But... Uh, the First, three houses were all Pake people, Chinese people, and they just clap, laugh, and close the door. Nothing, no money, nothing. So, we got discouraged, but things like that, you know, it's all natural stuff.
1: So, were you always titled class clown from in high
2: school? Uh, I was actually not a class clown. Um, class clowns usually uh, get in trouble, right? At least that's the I performed and I was like MC in high school, college, graduate school. I was the MC for a lot of the assemblies, Lou and so forth. In elementary school, I belonged to the Cub Scouts, so I performed in the plays that the Cubs had. And um, if the class had a party and stuff like that, then they would ask me to go up and clown around. But other than that, no clowning around uh, unless I was given permission.
0: Ethic well, school, right? You get busted if you clown around. Oh
2: yeah, that's another thing, man. My parents and my teachers worked as a team, and so you behave. And the most parents and teachers worked as a team in the private schools. Yeah, otherwise you get kicked out. The line was so long for the next kid to want to come in. Yeah, those days.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: Greater
2: good this is Frank DeLima, founder of Pocholinga Productions, and you're listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio.
1: We're back with Frank DeLima, one of Hawai'i's most popular comedians. So Frank, when did you decide to turn this into a business and something that you were going to actually pour your life into, making people laugh?
2: Okay. It started after I left the seminary. I was studying to be a Catholic priest, went in for eight years, got my Master's of Divinity, and was ordained a deacon. But uh, about a month before the final ordination to priesthood, I decided, no, nah, I don't want it. <laughs> I have, um, I just got co-feet, and I said, is this something that is holding me back? And so I just wanted to go out into the world and, and uh, continue this entertaining. I got into the, my brother-in-law, George Correa's um, uh, tour, Company called All Inclusive Tours. He put. He said, "Use your ukulele, get a couple of people, play music for the tourists in the mornings, tell them jokes, and that was the beginning." And then I needed extra money, so somebody suggested go to a nightclub, and so I worked at night as well, and uh, that was the beginning of uh, my nightclub work. And then, when I got to the noodle shop, my uh, ma- uh, the manager there hired us, and then eventually. We became friends, and then I asked her if she could be managing me because it looks like this is going to be my career. I wasn't sure, but I think because the noodle shop was starting to get packed with people. Small place, but we get, you know, three three shows a night and five nights a week. So it was um, that was the beginning of it all. And uh, then she established for me the Pocholinga Productions. She asked, what name do you want? And this was back in 1978. So she was your business partner pretty much. Yeah, she was my manager, and uh, she was the GM of the hotel, San villa Hotel. I was there for like 13 years.
0: And then, are you guys still partners now?
2: Uh, she retired, babysitting her grandchildren. But the company, uh, for the till about uh, the Persian Gulf War, it the company was doing very well. And then after that, it was a little bit of a, of a struggle, and uh, people were choosing other ways of entertainment, and then the corporates started having parties, stopped having these big parties because of the Persian Gulf War, you know, people were cutting back. And so then after 9-11, it got even worse. But that's when she retired. She said, well, there's really not much left to do with the company. So I took it over because I could handle because it was just, you know, very little work. And um, then things started to pick up again. And uh, so right now things are picking up a little, and uh, so the future looks a little bit brighter. We just have to hope that it, you know Portugal will become strong again. You've been doing books, CDs, DVDs,
0: and then live shows
2: and t shirts right?
0: And then that, the T-shirt of yourself, yes. <laughs>
2: right. So uh, then,
0: what are you doing to promote those things?
2: Uh, when I do my private shows, I I always bring my products along. Like if you
0: empty a wedding, everything. It doesn't City matter. Area.
2: I turn everything that I was hired to do into a craft show. <laughs> and uh, the people want they want it's amazing uh, so and those that hire me, you know, I use it as part of my routine. I have jokes about all of them and uh, I, and then i I tell them I'm, I'm going to be in the table right by the corner, right by the door, so that in case nobody buys, I don't feel embarrassed, I can just slip away. so that's my ending remark.
1: Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the workweek. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com.
2: This is Frank DeLima, founder of Pocholinga Productions, and you're listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio.
1: We're back with Frank DeLima, who founded the Student Enrichment Program in 1980, a nonprofit organization devoted to providing a better future for Hawai'i students. So Frank, can you tell us about your visits to the school and how that came about?
2: Okay, like I said, I went to the seminary for eight years, and um, I learned a lot. Uh, Well, I had great education, and part of it is working with people. And then I also was interested, I was asked by a friend, hey, we're going to be counselors for the uh, Catholic Youth Organization Summer Camp. And so I said, okay, me, I don't like outdoors, you know, centipedes, all that. that. You can have it, I don't like, but... Because it sounded like fun to be with my friends, I went. And uh, this had to put up with all that other stuff. I really enjoyed it. And then I was, of course, the, now I was a camp clown, okay? I was a guy with the ukulele. I did all the singing. I did the joking. I did skits and so forth. We learned a lot of, a lot of new stuff going on um, with workshops or camping and all that kind of summer fun. So I became very active during the summer. For the Catholic Youth Organization summer fund and summer camp programs, and I did that for the eight years that I was in the seminary. So, I had good background there. And then, as a teacher, I taught uh, religious education to private, a uh, public school kids, after school, uh, a couple days a week in San Francisco when I was up there for three years. And so, I taught. Uh, actually, I taught Mexican children that didn't speak English, and I only had four years of mix of uh, Spanish in school. So I just took little words, you know, the words that I knew. I drew pictures on the wall, and I started to just uh, communicate with them that way. Of course, there were also kids that did learn, uh, didn't use uh, English that I had classes with. So my first student program, actually, as a teacher, was in the mainland and uh, not the locals. So then I um, decided not to go on to priesthood, and then I did my thing, uh, and in comedy and nightlife, and I started. So I would get up at 12 o'clock and, and then go to work, go to the office, then have dinner, and then go to work and work till two in the morning, and live the typical entertainer's life: get up late, go sleep late, and go out meet meet all the different people in all the nightclubs, and you know just did that round, and and that I was happy with that for a few years. And then I, my, my uh, reputation, my, um, I can't even think of the word now, but anyway, I got popular. Okay? And so with that popularity, one day I was in Maui and I was waiting because we close a noodle shop for a month and then we go to neighbor island and perform on weekends. But during the week, in the mornings, I would go to the radio station and promote my show. During the lunchtime, I'd go to different uh, restaurants, Dinner time, restaurants, bars after, put up posters, say hi to everybody, promote my show. But there was this gap between in the mornings and the afternoons where all my friends were working on whatever island I was on. And so I just sit around, you know, and um, my cousin worked at the Maui Beach and I asked him, I said, hey, is there a school close by? He said, well, there's Kahului Elementary And so he called the principal, and the principal was so excited. And I got there, and all the kids were on the lawn, and it started my student program. That was the first, actually. I was happy with that day. I got it out of my system that I was supposed to be doing something, and I was happy with it. The following year, when I went back, all the principals found out I had to go to 16 schools in one week. So they scheduled a half-hour visit at each, and had a volunteer policeman take me every day. And we just go boom, boom, one school to the next. And I said, you know what? I cannot be doing this. I'm tired on the weekend already. I was young though. I could handle it. Uh, the following year, um, then other, I went to Kauai. I started doing it there. Then the big island and then Oahu found out that I was doing. And so they asked if I could do it there. Here on this island, I said it's too big. There's too many schools. I don't think I can handle, but it came to be. I, I call it divine providence where I was encouraged to, um, start visiting the schools, and with help here and there, people saying, oh, I can do this, 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 this. And I said, all right. And so before you know it, joined Swaringer from the DOE, I met through a friend, put it on the computer, and from that point on, uh, my student enrichment program started. I called it the Frank DeLima School Visitation Program at the time. And um, I just, you know, used my time and um, my charge card and just did it. You know, when I was on Neighbor Islands, I scheduled all the schools on Neighbor Islands. On Oahu, it was every morning, three schools a morning, five days a week, seven months out of the year. And um, so I would get to bed at 2, get up at 6, and go to see three schools, and then do my lunchtime thing, and then take a nap, then go to the office and do whatever paperwork I'm supposed to do for my manager, and then off to work. And that was my schedule, uh, six nights, six, time, six days a week.
1: Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: Neptune Nights, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune Nights, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies Happy in your offense.
1: home, at a party it's or business, contact Bubble had. Tea Supply at 948-262 nice. or online at mouth. bubbletea.com. Neptune, nice.
0: the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at GreaterGoodRadio.com.
1: Who donates 6% of sales to make more
0: money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. greatergoodradio.com.
2: This is Frank DeLima, founder of Pocholinga Productions, and you're listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio.
1: We're back with Frank DeLima, one of Hawai'i's most popular comedians.
0: What kind
2: of results have you seen from the kids? Well, only now I'm really seeing great results from uh, the, the kids in their 20s. They're coming up to me and saying, I remember you when you came to my school. I said, you don't remember the jokes, I hope. No, 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 no. They, I I remember... Um, that you told us this and this and this and and i uh, really appreciate it so i'm getting appreciation comments comments from all over the place all the islands uh whether it be a waiter whether it be somebody drawing blood from me to test my blood at Straub, this kid from kunawaina uh school he said you were at my intermediate school and uh, he's older so i he saw me when i first started and it was at this intermediate school and he, I remember how funny he was, and um, you talked about hair under the armpits and uh, that your armpits get stinked just like your attitude in this age. Because I talk about, you know, puberty and how the, the attitude can get really rotten. And so I just related to the armpits because <laughs> they changed too, don't they? Right around that time, 12 years old. So he said he'll never forget that. And, um, but at any rate, that was a nice conversation as he was taking blood from me. And so. Uh, airline stewardess uh, that maybe she was 26 and she started doing going on a buta hunt and she was facing me i was on island air and and i was looking at her she's staring at me and all of a sudden she breaks into this comedy routine that was i just busted out laughing because she said i remember that when i was third grade and so that makes me feel good but the reactions are starting to come back now because once I see them in the schools uh kindergarten to eighth grade, then they go off to college or whatever it is, and they're they're not really established in the working place yet. now they are that my first graduating classes, as I call them, are starting to react and and it's a good feeling I recently, because of the new administration, need um study of my visitations and uh you know like kids are they really learning? Something because right now I'm getting a grant. Uh, since 9/11, I lost my work. Yeah, I don't work nighttime, and so I could not pre- uh, afford to pay $75,000 a year for the school program. That's what I was paying from Pocholinga to get the school program paid for. So for the past couple of years, it's been uh, the new administration has uh, through DOE and encouragement from the legislators and teachers and. So, but they need to have some kind of accountability. So we put out a study. And I said, oh, this is it. I don't think I'm going to get the grant. <laughs> all nervous, you know, because I see the kids laughing and clapping. You know, uh, all the schools that I go to, I have not been to one school where the kids do not react. And this is like 130 schools a year. And uh so, you know, I said, well, I don't know if they're getting the real stuff. I know they're getting the laughs. I mean, I'm getting the laughs from them. And whether it be a kid from the mainland or a kid over here, they've all laughed the same way. You know, I know how to adapt. While well, the study came back, 90% of the kids that we—it was sampling, you know—it's only like 40, 50 schools, and uh, it was uh, uh, this an unbelievable uh, reaction from the kids. They they wrote down or they A B C D what I talked about. Yeah for the kindergarten and third grade. And then the older ones wrote uh, short paragraphs of what they thought my my talk was about. And I was just totally thrown back by the um, the positive reactions to the kids, um, the enjoyment they had, and also what they learned from it. So now I know. I didn't know the all those first 20 years that I was doing it. But now I know that uh, just from that sampling, and it's year after year that we do it, and, um, of course, you're going to get a few that no pay attention. Yeah. You're going to have that in every school. And then there will be some teachers that probably didn't think it was as effective. But, um, most of the teachers, majority say it's effective and they want me to come back. So I'm very, very happy. I'm young yet. I feel 58. That's getting old, but body breaking down, mind strong, and my spirit is still there and willing. So as long as the kids react the way I think they should and the laughs come, I will continue to do it. Of course, I need finances too. Expensive, you know, going to all these schools, man.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying, please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.